Hello, and welcome to the Frank Dot World Podcast. The podcast for Australian tween girls. Like me, filled with amazing talent and awesome interviews. We're perfect for listening to in the car, on the way home from school, and wherever else life takes you together. I'm Francesca. I'm Brianna, and we're here to start your next conversation. So join us as we explore all things tweens love in one shiny podcast. Our guest today is author Jacqueline Harvey. Jacqueline is the author of over 48 novels for young readers and tweens, including the beloved Alice Miranda series, which has sold over a million copies worldwide. An incredible feat for any author. She has won multiple awards for her writing. She speaks at events and festivals around Australia, and several of her Alice Miranda books have been turned into films. Luckily for us, Jacqueline has been able to join us today all the way from New Zealand, where she's currently working on her next book and enjoying the serenity of Queenstown. Jacqueline, thank you so much for joining us. It's my pleasure, Francesca. Absolutely delightful to meet you. Now, Jacqueline, along with the Alice Miranda series, you also have the Clementine Rose series for younger readers and the Kenzie and Max series about a twin brother and sister who are spies. 48 books, more on their way, Where do you get your inspiration from? Uh, Well, I was a teacher for a long time before I started writing books. And so I think children have always inspired me. Um, I have plenty of stories in the back of my mind from, you know, funny things that had happened at school, uh, events on excursions, incidents, all those sorts of things. So I get a lot of ideas, you know, from uh, mining my past, if you like. But also, uh, well, up until up until recent times, travelling has always been very inspirational for me. And I guess I just, I, I often see a story in the newspaper or see a topic in the newspaper and I think, oh, that could make an interesting sort of plot for a story. So I, I don't think I'm ever without a, an idea. In fact, where I work at the moment, where I'm sitting, there's a crazy flock of sheep that are on the paddock on the other side of the golf course. <laughs> and I was watching these crazy sheep the other day thinking, I'm going to write a sheep story about these sheep that just like one takes off and the whole lot of them like after the others and then there's always one that's behind and I thought "Mm, I'm going to write a story about a sheep. (laughs) I love that. A lot of your books are set in fabulous overseas destinations such as France, Japan and Egypt. How do you write about that? Do you travel there or is it just research? Well, recently it's been a bit more of both, <laughs> but um, I mean, it, it's always a bit of both really. But up until I wrote Alice Miranda in Egypt, I think barring Spain, where she um, she leaves on a boat cruise from Barcelona. So apart from that, apart from Barcelona and Egypt, I have been everywhere that Alice Miranda has been. Oh, and actually, sorry, no, in the outback, I haven't been to Cuba Pedi. And so really it did start, it, it starts with looking at Google Maps and Google Earth and Google Street View and then finding out uh, as much as I can about a place. So what I will do is make a almost like just a visual board for the place that I want to take my characters. And so for Egypt, for example, you know, I made this fabulous visual board of not just all of the ancient things in, in Egypt, but, you know, a lot of modern day Cairo, the food, what the El Al Khalili Bazaar looks like, um, you know, how close the pyramids are to civilization in, uh, in Giza. Um, you know, the disappointment that I felt when I realized you could sit in a pizza hut and look at the pyramids. <laughs> So, um, so I just do, I do do lots of research, find out about the food. I talk to people who've been there. I watch documentaries. I listen to comedians from a, the place that I'm studying as well because there's just so many things that you can learn online as well as 
you know, it helps you to remember if you have been there as well. Yeah, I, I take myself for walks in, using Google Street View. Um, and, you know, when I was writing uh, Ken's and Max uh, Disappearing Act, when and they were in, uh, I think that's number two, in Rome, they, um, I took myself, even though I've been to Rome, I took myself for walks through the streets and it highlighted things that I would have otherwise forgotten, like that Rome has the most fabulous front doors and door knockers yeah. of anywhere. <laughs> That's so. very true. We, um, Because Francesca's family are Italian uh, and we haven't been back in so long because of COVID, we regularly do Google street map tours just to remember the places we've been. It's it's almost as good as travel. Yeah, almost, almost. <laughs> almost. <laughs> and now your new book, can you tell us some more about that? So the new Kenzian Max book that is actually out today. Uh, Congratulations. So high voltage. Yeah, thank you. Uh, High Voltage is the eighth full-length book in the Kenzian Max series, um, but I have written a ninth one as well, which I a little slim volume that I wrote for the Australia Reads campaign last year. Uh, But this book, this was inspired by uh, reading an article in the newspaper about electric cars, and it was about some issues that um, had been happening, uh, particularly in America, with electric cars and the use of autopilot, and there had been some rather nasty accidents. And, uh, And it got me thinking, well... What if they weren't accidents? What if somebody wanted to sabotage the whole electric car industry and bring that industry down? So it makes me, you know, then I start, I always ask myself questions like, so who would want to do that? Who would want to be, who would be the bad guys behind that? I thought, well, of course, it would have to be somebody who owned an oil well, an oil baron. And so then I'm looking at, you know, all around the world where there's lots of oil, uh, oil fields. And so, yeah, that sort of grew from that. But then I decided to incorporate electric car racing as well. So there's a whole new formula series, um, apart from Formula One, called Formula Electric. And um, it's, it's become really big. Um, and it's it, the cars essentially look like Formula One cars, but they're all electric. And so I did loads of research on oh, Formula fantastic. Electric. I can pretty much tell you everything about <laughs> that. I could also tell you it's got the most horrible sound ever. It sort of sounds like like a, a cross between a beehive and a dentist drill. And anyways, because fast cars and Kenzie and Max really go together, I thought this is a perfect opportunity to have the kids um, involved in racing. Absolutely. Um, and I set it in Portugal and uh, Portugal and Berlin. Fantastic. That's very exciting. I must admit, Berlin's on our list, isn't it, Francesca? Uh, yeah. And Berlin's actually somewhere I haven't been either, Francesca, so um, I have to do a lot of research for Berlin. Yeah. Can you tell us more about walking the green carpet of Australia premiere of Alice Miranda, Friends Forever? Oh, it was incredibly exciting. Um, I couldn't believe that I was there, you know, because uh, the Alice Miranda series had been made into uh, an animated feature film. It was it was nerve wracking as well. Uh, it was it was wonderful to meet all of the, the voice cast. So I met Maisie, the little girl who voices Alice Miranda, and a lot of the other characters as well. Yeah, it was one of those sort of almost surreal moments, and I was so nervous I couldn't um, I couldn't relax and enjoy watching the film because I was so scared about what everybody was thinking. And um, it really wasn't until the next day I went to another screening of the movie that I thought, oh, phew, I'll, <laughs> you got I'll to watch absorb it all and it. enjoy myself. <laughs> yeah. And um, so you were originally a primary school teacher and that was at a boarding school? Yeah, I taught in schools that had boarding. So um, but the boarding was mostly in the senior schools, but I was always in schools that had boarding. Okay. And so how did you make the leap from teacher to author? Had, was there a transition period? Uh, so what happened was I was I was a teacher for a long time. Then I became the deputy head. 
And then I went from being a deputy head to being a director of what we call director of development. So I oversaw things like events, uh, fundraising, old girls, communications, publications, <laughs> the school foundation, you name it. I had a huge, uh, huge job there. And I, I was always writing while I was doing these jobs. And I was just basically writing on the weekends if I could manage it, but mostly in the school holidays. And then when when I went to my new job as Director of Development, Alice Miranda actually came out the month after uh, I started that new position, unfortunately yeah. in the same school that I'd been working in. And so it was really then a juggle for about almost three years of writing and trying to balance my job and, and writing. And the writing was getting more demanding because the publisher was keen for more books. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately I decided that I would resign from my, my job in school and give uh, give the writing a proper go and uh, fortunately that worked out. So. <laughs> sure okay and so what did it feel like when your first book was accepted for publication? Oh that was actually a long time ago and it was it was incredibly exciting it's one of those things that you uh, you always hope will happen but you never really dream that it will happen so I I probably did a lot of you know jumping up and down and screaming and um, you know feeling quite like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sure what does it take to be a great author? Oh, well, I think you have to have lots of perseverance because, um, you know, for me, it, this has been, it's been a long journey. It hasn't been an overnight, you know, I, I always say it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. And that was pretty true for me that, you know, I had four books published quite early on in the uh, sort of 04, 05, and then nothing happened for another well, four years until I got Alice Miranda accepted by a publisher. So there's a lot of perseverance, a lot of you know determination is really important. But I think just writing, uh, writing as much as you can, as often as you can, and being open to uh, to criticism and being open to you know, constructive criticism, criticism to you know to wanting to improve your work. I think that's super important. Always thinking that you can learn more. And for me, I always say, you know, I'm only as good as the last thing I've done. So I'm always aiming to do better every single time I write a book. And um, and I guess the other thing, Francesca, is enjoy it. You know, enjoy this incredible opportunity because not many people, there's a whole lot of people in the world who can't even read, let alone get to write for a living. And so I just feel incredibly, incredibly blessed and fortunate that this is what I do for my job. Absolutely. So it's, it's a joy. Absolutely. And so how do you think COVID has changed the landscape for Australian authors? Oh, it's been really tough because, uh, you know, I, if you are established like me, I think it's been okay because people know, you know, who you are and, and your brands, you know, people know, oh, there's an Alice Miranda book or there's a, a you know, Kenzie Max book, Clemmy book. I think for new authors, it's been particularly difficult because it's very hard to be discovered if you can't be out doing events and, mm, you know, absolutely. Um, meeting people and going to bookshops. Um, for, for me personally, I've really missed events. Uh, last year, when, when COVID struck, we were at the very beginning of the 10-year Alice Miranda anniversary tour, Ugh. and we managed to get in uh, a high tea in Sydney the day before everything shut down. And so I think I'd done maybe about three or four days of school events and some visits to bookshops. And then we had the high tea and then we had to cancel everything. So, you know, we had a huge high tea in Melbourne planned, Perth, uh, we, were, we were going everywhere. And so I guess just, you know, that that's disappointing. But for me, you know, I'm fortunate that I've been in, in this game long enough that I've, I've got to do some extraordinary things. So I feel really sorry for lots of people who are starting out. I think it's been a terribly hard time. 
And I do think that in this last big lockdown in Sydney and, and in um, Melbourne, I think people haven't been buying books as much as previously. So definitely our sales have been impacted too. Sure, okay. Out of your leading characters, Alice Miranda, Clementine Rose and Kenzie and Max, who is your favourite? Oh, well, that is like asking your mother, Francesca, who is, there, who is her favourite child. And we she thought it might never, have been. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, it's a bit like, I know, you're, you're saying you. Of course you are. So it's a bit like that because I really, do you know what, I really love all of them and I love them all because um, they they all have amazing traits and uh, they have they have changed my life, all of them. So I really don't have a favourite. I don't play favourites. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, that brings me to my next question. And certainly when reading Kenzie and Max, picking up on the different character traits, you know, Kenzie being very messy, Max being very yes. ordered, um, <laughs> we certainly identify parts of ourselves. Are you the messy one, Francesca? <laughs> no. I mean... <laughs> um, but look, um, are any of them based on you as a tween? When, what were you like younger? None of them, no, I don't think any of them is really me. There's probably bits and pieces of me. For example, um, you know, Max being super tidy, it's interesting. I, I had this epiphany when I was about 12. I remember going into my bedroom when I was about 12 years of age and I just looked at it and I thought, this is such a mess. And I literally <laughs> spent the whole weekend tidying it all up and making it all like neat and tidy and and I never had a messy bedroom ever again, which you know is amazing. So I'm a bit like Max in that way. But I think, I don't know, I, I sort of don't think, I, I definitely am not Alice Miranda. I mean, she's, uh, you know, she's too good to be true at times, I think. But she is based on the three little girls that I used to teach who were all very, very good and very uh, positive kids. I actually, uh, I can tell you, I'm, I'm writing a new series at the moment. And the little girl in the new series, whose name is Willa, she is the closest to me as a child that I've ever read. Wow, that's exciting. So definitely. Um, Willa's, Willa's the kind of kid who, um, she has a few harebrained schemes about how to fix things when they go wrong. She often thinks things are her fault when they're not her fault um, and worries. She's a bit of a worrier and I was definitely a lot of a worrier as a kid. So so you'll just have to wait until about the middle of next year and Fantastic. Willa and Wolf will hit the, uh, hit the shelves. Oh, wonderful. And what age group is that one focused on? Uh, so Willow and Wolf's probably a little bit younger. It's it's probably sort of, well, between Clemmy and Alice Miranda, I would mm-hmm. say. is. Uh, but I, I was reading it to some older kids the other day, reading just a couple of pages to some kids that I was doing a workshop with. And they were, they were all laughing their heads off and they were, you know, 11, 10, 11, 12. And I thought, oh, maybe they'll read it as well. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. fantastic. We'll look forward to that one. And so what's a great piece of advice you can share for young adults? Oh, do you know, I think sometimes when you're uh, when you're you know on that that cusp of teenage you know hood, life can seem very confusing and it can seem overly complicated. I think at times, and I think you've just got to remember that you know things will change. It, it, life is always changing, and so you know if you if you're in a spot of bother and you're worried about something, talk to somebody about it. That's another uh, thing that I think is so important just to to open up to a trusted adult, your mum, dad, um, grandparents, auntie, uncle, even, you know, your teacher. Because as I mentioned earlier, I was a real worrier as a child and 
I really didn't tell anyone that I worried about things. And some of the things I worried about were probably really trivial and really silly and could have been cleared up very quickly if only I had said, oh, but I, you know, and, and I used to think, oh, if I tell my mum that, she's going to think I'm so silly. And so I, I would say talk to people. Don't, don't sort of bottle it all up inside and, yeah, and, and be kind. That is great advice and certainly with the worrying piece, you know, we often talk about uh, mindfulness and, um, you know, just yoga, other options that allow you to deal with that from a young age so it becomes second nature to be able to manage those processes as you become an adult. So great advice. Thank you. Now, this is getting fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's been fun already. What are you talking about? Well, at the end of our questions, these become the Francesca questions, so they get a little more harebrained. Okay. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? I would like to be able to fly, particularly at the moment, because then I could fly back to Australia and visit my mum and dad, and then I could fly back here and see my cat, and then I, yeah. And there would be no issues with quarantine. I like that. Yeah, no issues with quarantine. (laughs) Flying would be very cool, I think. And what do you wish there was more of in this world? Kindness. That is very true. Very true. I think people would just stop and, and and less keyboard warriors, less people being mean behind the curtain of the uh, you know the internet. Um, you know if you if you have something to say, say it to somebody's face. Don't hide behind the keyboard, and yeah, just be kind. You know, treat people the way that you would like to be treated. Absolutely. We we often say here at Frank World, before you say it out loud, ask yourself: Is it kind? Is it constructive? Or is it just cruel? And Absolutely. so that's what we Excellent try to work questions. from. Now, we always end every interview with Frank's Fast Five. I ask the questions and you literally say the first thing that pops into your head. Ready? Mm-hmm. Let's go. Favourite dessert? Self-sourcing chocolate pudding with ice cream. <laughs> Excellent Ooh. answer. Coffee or wine? Uh, coffee in the morning, wine in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Um, ball gowns or pyjamas? Oh, pyjamas, I think. Pyjamas. You're not the only one. (laughs) What is your spirit animal? Cat. Ooh, fancy. France or New Zealand? Oh, New Zealand. (laughs) Was it a tough decision on that last one? No, no, it's been, uh, it's, I, I seriously, we live in the most here it, when when we're here and when we're not in Sydney, we live in the most beautiful place on earth. So yeah, I have a mountain range behind me called the Remarkables up there. I can actually see it through the skylight behind me. Uh, I have a, a lake. Lake Wakatipu is just down there in front of us. The golf course. It's Coronet Peak where you can ski. It really is the most stunningly beautiful place. I I go to the gym in the morning and I think, wow, where in the world can you have a view like this at your gym? (laughs) And it must be the perfect inspiration for all your writing. Well, look at those sheep, you know, I'm going to write that sheep story. (laughs) And we can't wait for that one to come out either. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I can't wait to. And I heard from the internet that your teacher had a pet goat. I did. I had a teacher who had a pet goat. My maths teacher in year 11 and 12 had a pet goat, which, uh, yes, it. Uh, I can't remember what the goat's name was, but uh, yes, I, I quite like goats. They're quite. They're very. They're very funny to watch. Yeah, My very personable. My mum said to me that. Yeah, I don't think that's true. But I said, 
Well, I'm going to ask her and see. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And I tell you, the pet goat got kidnapped on the last day of Year 12 by some Year 12 boys and brought to school and held for ransom to the maths teacher. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think that goat's had a fun life. Yeah. It's had an entertaining life. Oh, goodness. Well, Jacqueline, thank you so much for joining us today. We really, really do appreciate you taking the time and sharing a little bit about all your beautiful characters with us. Uh, It was a pleasure to talk to you both, and um, thank you so much for having me. You have been listening to the Frank Dot World podcast, where we're all about educating and empowering tweens like me. To learn more or get involved, please go to www.frank.world. Bye. Mm.